3: Well, everybody, welcome in the live post game show. I'm Mark Farzetta, Derek, I'm Devin Katie with you. We are presented by Ocean Casino Resort Book Your Summer of Twenty Twenty Two Weekend. Right now at Ocean Casino Resort. Book it now and go for the live shows. Go for the win. It's going to be a spectacular summer. Almost as spectacular as the Eagles handling their own business. Now, look, whatever happens today, all right, the Eagles control their own destiny still. But here's what you're rooting for. Panthers, 49ers, both of them can get wins or one or the other. And Packers beat the Vikings. Eagles are in the playoffs. That's how they clinch today. But bottom line is they handled their business today with a 20-16 to 16 win over Washington. Yet again, it wasn't comfortable early, but the Eagles took care of business when it came to the second half of football. Gunner, your instant takeaways from this victory over Washington.
4: Well, coming into this game, I have said on a number of platforms um, that this Washington team had nothing to lose. And when you look at this team um, – Man, you talk about a dark cloud hovering over this team for much of this season. You go back to the first time they played the Eagles 12 days ago, uh, 23 players uh, on COVID list, you know, top two quarterbacks missing as well. Since then, uh, you know, DeShazer Everett involved in a car accident that uh, ended with his girlfriend dying. Then just this past Tuesday, Montez Sweat, uh, his brother, gets uh, shot and killed in Virginia. Um, they get embarrassed on national TV by the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, when I talked to a number of my contacts in D.C. this week, you know, uh, one of the things I asked them was, I said, do you think these guys will quit on Ron Rivera? And the, the response in unison was, these guys have so much respect for Rivera, they're, they're going to play their hearts up, which they did in this game was a little surprised with the Eagles' defense giving up as much real estate in the first half as they were giving up. The, the offense did its job. They moved the ball, um, you know, and, and they kept kept it close. Um, but the defense surprised me a little bit. They picked it up in the second half. They finally got some more pressure on Taylor Heineke. Uh, got him down several times. Josh Sweat had a great game today. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, Rodney McLeod at the end makes a huge play for this team because I know a lot of people are sweating. Uh, As they watch watch, (laughs) Washington, just walk down the field and get in scoring position. I'm not going to say any names or point to anybody in particular. Uh, Mm
5: -hmm.
4: One of
6: them might be on the screen right now. I don't know. Yeah, one
4: of them might. But, you know, um, these are the kind of games the Eagles uh, need to play uh, because this is the kind of game that could be in in, in the playoffs. They only ran for 118 yards, you know, um, but that's okay. You have have to find different ways um, to win games. I was a little bit surprised, um, you know, Sirianni went for it early on in the game in the fourth-and-one situation, gave momentum right back to Washington. But, of course, Washington has difficulty scoring points. They have problems scoring 20 points a game in the league where you can accidentally score 20 points and a half in a lot of occasions. Um, but the defense made plays when they had to. Um, Jalen Hurts made plays. with the, Obviously, his ankle's a lot better. He stepped up and ran in some crucial situation, picked up some nice real estate. The bottom line is getting a W. I don't care how you get it. Just get the W. And that's exactly what this team did. And they won a close game. Their backs were against the wall, playing against a the team that had nothing to lose. Um, they very easily could have lost this game. You, you never know. We've seen some crazy things happen this year in the NFL. And, of course, you know, Eagles going to somewhat of a prevent defense. Washington's walking down the field. And Taylor Heineke, I'll say this about him. I've watched him six or seven times play this season. There have been a number of games where, you know, when he plays, he looks like, okay, he's ready to turn the corner and become a, a better-than-average quarterback in the National Football League. And then you see him play at other times, like, what are you doing? You know, it's like it's the first time he stepped on the field. And you look at his numbers overall, 20 touchdown passes, 14 interceptions, and you know why. He's a very streaky quarterback, hot and cold at any given moment. Um, and the Eagles have rattled him just enough to get the job done in this situation.
3: Uh, yeah, that's a that's a whole mouthful right there, my friend. Uh, uh, Devin, uh, your instant reaction to this Eagles victory.
6: All right. Well, I think I didn't have a chance to do it before we went live. So can we all just take a collective deep breath? Because, oh my gosh, I knew I had a feeling that this game was going to be more stressful than people were giving it credit for. Because, yes, Washington went through a lot of hardships just in the last week and to, or two. But they were embarrassed, like really embarrassed by the Cowboys last week. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a pride thing as well. I th- also think going through those hardships, you know, they're playing for more than themselves. And you do have to respect that. But, oh, thank goodness for Roddy McLeod is all I'm going to say. Someone just said uh, give Jonathan Gannon credit. And no, because I want to dive into that more <laughs> later on the show. Because, like, you guys know how I've always been skeptical of Gannon. But, sure. oh, my goodness, especially in the first half, it was infuriating to watch this passive defense Um, but I will also say, I felt like the refs, I hate to be the person that's like, oh, the refs weren't fair to us. I mean, I don't know if Washington's defense had any penalties. If they did, they were minimal where we were getting called left and right, both on offense and defense. Uh, and that was kind of killer there for a while, but, uh, really proud Boston Scott stepped up, loved Jalen hurts again, putting the team on his shoulders. And really, uh, I think he had one of his most precise games throwing wise as well, um, Dallas Goddard with that huge first down. I mean, I do think everyone eventually stepped up, but the slow starts have got to stop. And I'm still, uh, me and Jonathan Gannon have to have a talk because, oh my God.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm sure he's shaking in his boots uh, right now more so than he usually makes quarterbacks shake in their boots uh, when it comes to a lack of pressure. But this game, I actually will say this about Jonathan Gannon. Uh, this game in particular against Washington, I felt like they did bring pressure. In the first half, they had five rushes a couple of different times, five-man rushes a couple of different times, that Taylor Heineke all of a sudden just figured out how to beat. Like, all of a sudden, he was turning into, like, Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, John Elway in his prime with escapability that we just haven't really seen from him throughout this entire season. And, yes, Mm David, I think you're on point when you talk about the 56-14 to loss that they suffered at the hands of the Cowboys just a week ago and the fact that they also lost to this Eagles team with their – Practice squad quarterback essentially Gilbert as Grape, their quarterback. Yeah, yeah Gilbert, Gilbert Grape, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how can I forget? But uh, I thought the Eagles defense did make adjustments in the second half, and I thought the adjustment was hey, Josh Schwett, go get it because Josh Sweat was all over uh, Taylor Heineke this afternoon, all over him in the backfield, deflecting passes, getting sacks, wreaking havoc. Uh, Jannard Avery had himself a good game as well, had the bad penalty, negated his own interception, but for the most part, came up with some big plays, especially that sack late in the game. Uh, you saw Fletcher Cox get into the backfield, Jannard Avery. The defensive line, I thought, stepped up and did exactly what the defensive line was supposed to do at the start of the season. I thought this was their best game of the year. I thought defensive line play was great aggression was mostly on them they did rush more than four sometimes five on a couple of different occasions so credit to jonathan gannon i will be willing to give him for at least that but one guy i think does need a shout out because i think the guy has had a phenomenal year and i think his his position has become more and more important as as this season as this league really has become more of a pass happy league and that is avante maddox i think it is Mm -hmm. bs that he, that he got called for that uh, pass interference call late. Was it pass interference? Yes. But was it pass interference by the referee standard that they already set earlier in the game, especially on a receiver like Dallas Goddard, for instance? Yeah. No, yeah. it was not. So it should have been yet another big play that he made in the late goings of this game to help the Eagles sustain their lead and also hold Washington at bay in that second half. So huge shout-out to, yes, that defensive line for just dominating, I thought, uh, as the game went on today, and then also Avante Maddox for what he was able to do late in this game in the Eagles secondary. A huge hat tip to him today, Gunner.
4: Yeah, um, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways because we've talked about this before, but when you consider... How many times over the recent years since they they changed what pass interference is? Yeah, right. referees have looked at film uh, with the league office. It's gone over. referees go to training camps and you know they, they control scrimmages and basically they tell players what they they're looking for. And when it comes to the regular season, it is one of the most inconsistent calls in the NFL. It has won a few teams games. It has lost a few teams games as well. And I don't know what they can do to improve it, to make it more consistent because uh, offensive pass catchers are confused because when they think they get past interference, they don't and defensive players are confused because they play the game a certain way. They get away with certain things for a lot of the game. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're called for certain things as well. Um, And and I don't know how you fix it. You know, you've got all these different camera angles to look at. You study it. You discuss it. You share your information with every team in a league. The referees, when they make mistakes, they go back and review the games that they've they've just refereed. They look at stuff. They still can't get this right accurately, you know, Mm -hmm. and consistently. And I think, you know, for the team that it goes, for, for the fan base that it goes for, great. But a fan base that goes against the pulling the hair out and screaming. And I don't see it getting any better anytime soon.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, I agree. One of the things I always think of is uh Mike Shanahan when he was on NFL sidelines at this point, at this was at the time it was filmed, was like 20 years already. And he goes, I've been on the NFL sidelines for 20 years. I still have no idea what pass interference is. Right, we still right. have no they even reviewed it for a year, and that didn't help at all. It was a reviewable right. play. Uh but let's look at this offense. No Miles Sanders today, a banged up Jordan Howard. Uh, Didn't really even get touches till later in that first half. But Boston Scott took over in this game with two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had a couple of scrambles in this game. But really, when you talk about the offensive line play, minus a couple penalties from Lane Johnson, uh, both false start penalties, I thought this offense was able to kick it into high gear later in this game as well. First half left a lot to be desired, as we know. Devin, you mentioned it. They have had a lot of trouble getting things going in the early goings of these games. And today was no exception. For whatever reason, in the second half, they were able to start getting the ball going down, downhill a little bit more. And Boston Scott was right there to champion that cause.
6: He definitely was. And I love that Boston Scott is not just becoming, has become you know, the guy who needs to step up and does step up when the Eagles are in need of a of a rusher because Jordan Howard was not himself, especially earlier in the game. No. Uh, it did seem like things were starting to click a little bit more, but we all know what happened to him last week. So I had a feeling that this was going to be a big game for Boston, Scott. Uh, we know he's the giant killer, but I guess now he's the Washington football team killer as well. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> NFC,
3: N- yeah nfc's dominator that's what we'll just call on yeah. now just nfc's yeah. dominator now just go to do it against the cowboys and ensure things up in case they're not able to do that today anyway but again here's what you're rooting for today you're rooting for the panthers and the 49ers either of those teams win and then obviously the packers they take care of business against the vikings tonight, i hand them another loss and the eagles have a playoff berth on their hands who would have thought Now, here's what I got to go to. I know a lot of people are, and I have been hypercritical. I've been rooting for Jalen Hurts all year, but I've been hypercritical of him because I know the Eagles front office is being hypercritical of him. When you look at what he was able to do today, and when you look at what he's been able to do throughout this entire season, from the get-go to now, you are looking at a first-year starting quarterback in the NFL with only four starts under his belt going into this season, and a rookie head coach, an offensive-minded head coach, lead this team into the playoffs. We have talked a couple of different times over the last few weeks here about this Eagles team being able to put it together and make adjustments as the season has gone on. We've been talking about Jalen Hurts climbing that mountain towards franchise quarterback more so than he has fallen down that mountain away from that too. All right, he's a career backup. I think today was a perfect example of him making throws when he needed to make throws, him scrambling when he needed to scramble, but overall him stepping up when his team needed him most. Whether that was a QB sneak late on a fourth and two to try to make something happen, or that was a perfectly thrown ball and an out route to Devontae Smith. Whatever that was today, I felt like Devontae Smith, I felt like Jalen Hurts, I felt like Nick Sirianni, especially in that second half, were making adjustments to the point where this team was not going to walk off that field with anything short of a victory today. So as we evaluate this season to right now, on the doorstep, Gunner, of this team making the playoffs, when you look at what has impressed you the most, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, the overall play calling, the the attitude and the 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 really diversity of this offensive line. When you talk about the offensive side of the football, what's the most impressive thing to you?
4: I I, I don't think you can just narrow it down to one thing, but I would start with Jalen Hurts. And we talked about this from game one. How would he handle the pressure? How would he handle all the rumors? What kind of maturation would we see from him during the course of the season? Nick Sirianni had one type of offense he wanted Jalen Hurts to function in that was not the offense suitable for Jalen Hurts. And all of a sudden along the way, Nick Sirianni flips the script. It started with the Detroit game. Let's go ground and pound on teams. And then they kept going and kept going. You were hoping it wasn't just a one-game scenario. And because they ran the ball as efficiently as they did, it, the onus wasn't solely put on Jalen Hurts' shoulders to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game for this team to win ball games. And Jalen Hurts has handled himself like a seasoned vet in terms of handling the pressure, distractions, questions about all the rumors. Even when he's had off off moments, off games, he has bounced back. No matter how many times he's asked certain questions along the way, he has maintained the same demeanor at all times. You see him getting better in the throwing game. You see him getting better in running the football. You see him getting better in feeling the pressure and knowing when to step up and either throw move outside of the pocket and throw on the run. And I've said time and time again, I think he's a better passer on the move than he is as a stationary passer. We saw that today in a third and long situation when he threw across his body, he rolled to the right, Oof. threw to the middle of the field to Greg Ward and picked up a key first down inside the five yard line. Those are all maturation processes I wanted to see from Jalen Hurts. And I think we've seen them steadily. Everything about his game or quarterback in general doesn't have to be perfect. It will not be perfect. That's not what the position is. It's a position of will you make more plays than not? And Jalen Hurts has had that ability to make more plays than not, especially over the last three games. In a bigger picture, the only thing that concerned me a little bit about this game was the last two games, it was the offense that came out stagnant. This time it was the defense that was <laughs> stuck in the mud and the offense kept them in the ball game. Now you got to find a way to get it together because. Even if Dallas wins today against Arizona, I got a feeling Dallas is going to need to win that game next week because the mindset has to be, okay, if the Rams won, and I know the Rams were leading by one point over Baltimore in the final seconds, and Baltimore was driving. I don't know what the outcome of that game was. Tampa Bay was getting thumped uh, by the Jets, but I believe Tampa Bay came back. The Rams so won. The Rams the way, beat the Ravens. So the Rams won, and what about Tampa Bay? Did Tampa Bay come all the way back? They were down by 14 at one point. They Haven't won 28-24, to, look at the scoreboard.
3: 28 to 24, uh, Tampa Bay won.
4: Okay, so you look at Dallas' situation. They have to win this game against Arizona. If they win the game, they're still in a tie with the Rams, still in the tie with Tampa Bay, with the possibility of seeding, moving up and seeding uh, still on the line. So Dallas is going to come in here, we think, full arsenal, ready to go, and that defense is a monster right now. Ever since DeMarcus Lawrence came back, ever since Randy Gregory came back, and of course Michael Parsons in the middle, everything centers around Michael Parsons. Dallas's defense has evolved as a beast. So the Eagles can't afford to play this next game coming up the way they've played these last 3 games. You know, and hopefully they've learned from this. Um but they could be in the playoffs by then, but and they may they may rest a lot of players if they figure out they can't move up in seating if they get in the playoffs tonight, Eagles may rest a lot of their players while Dallas is playing for seeding. But you have to be ready to play a much better game overall when you get to that second season if you want to go farther than that first game.
6: You know, I the the thought of the Eagles putting together a full 60 minutes, a full four quarters, both on offense and defense, they'll be a scary team. And I think that they can get there, but I truly don't think that we've seen that yet this season. And Someone just said, Guys, smile. We won. And I know we won, and I'm super happy. But there are those, you know. Slow have we not starts. been happy?
3: Have we not been happy?
6: I, 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 I don't know. Well, you didn't start the show singing this time. So maybe that was <laughs> well, then, a then vibe you're... setter. Well,
3: and <laughs> no, all no. acquaintance be forgot. Like, what what, 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 what other holiday go. song do you have for after New Year's? Like, what have we got <laughs> after that? Nothing. We got, got nothing. I'm Dreams ecstatic, the Eagle and- Mill. And-
6: no. I'm very and I'm, I'm very happy that they won. I am I agree with all everything you said, Deegan. I'm concerned that we're going to have to face teams that aren't Washington football team and aren't the New York Giants, like Dallas, even if that game matters, I don't know. And then once we make the playoffs, you have to start strong. You can't come out in the first half and play passively on either side of the ball. So, that's my biggest concern, but we always talk about adjustments and we talk about how we're impressed that Nick Suriani was able to make those adjustments throughout the season. It is impressive the adjustments that they make from the first and second half, several games in a row now. I really want to know what what he says in the locker room because clearly it works, but also clearly it should be said before the game, not at halftime.
3: Well, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, Speaking of locker room speeches or, you know, speeches within the Novacare walls, there are a couple of things I watch. If I'm like, Ed Gunner, you've known me for a long time. Am I ever in a bad mood? I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, right? Happy-go-lucky most of the time. Uh, Huh? What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just, just smile not <laughs> for a second. But, no, like, if I'm ever down, like, if I ever just need a little motivation. No. You know what I no, watch no, a lot no. of times? You're always
4: a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, yeah. Of
3: course I am, except, like, usually in this, like, it, if, if I'm talking about, like, Philadelphia sports, usually it's the opposite. But it's, like, really the only thing that I'm, like, a pessimist, I guess. But anyway, in in life in general, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. But if I'm ever feeling down, whatever. Uh, Jim Valvano's speech at the ESPYs always, like, gets me motivated and, like, brings me out of any rut I might be in. Uh, you know, this is a very wide variety of things. Will Ferrell outtakes make me laugh and make put me instantly in a good mood? You know what I'm going to add to this list of motivation and instant uh, mood changes? Jason Kelsey's speech at the Novacare Complex in the bubble to the team prior to the first matchup against Washington. Did you happen to see that on the Eagles on the Eagles uh, website? Did you guys happen
6: to see this? Yeah, it yeah. made me want to run through a brick wall. That man! Oh literally- my goodness. Like, yeah, but that's why when you have Jason Kelsey making speeches like that, they should he should make those speeches right before the games. And I'm sure he does. But that was incredible. And he's never allowed to retire. (laughs)
3: No, never allowed to retire. Uh, I think our friend uh, Kevin Agandhi of uh, ESPN even put it out there saying, just put him in the Hall of Fame now. Just put Mm -hmm. him in the Eagles Hall of Fame now. I don't care if he's still active with speeches like this, with ways to motivate his team. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's going to help them make it to the playoffs this year. Jason Kelsey needs to be in the Hall of Fame right now. And I do not disagree with that even a little bit. So, yes, as part of the positive vibes, my most positive vibe has been Jalen Hurts this year. Throughout the entire season. And I'll just say it one more time in this segment. I know that the Eagles, and Gunner, from the people you talk to, I'm I'm sure you know this as well. You look at the front office and Jeffrey Lurie, the reports coming out there about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman being divided when it comes to the future of Jalen Hurts and whether or not he'll be the franchise quarterback going forward. There's reports out there about the Eagles being interested in Aaron Rodgers. Really? Interested in a three-time MVP? You don't say. But. When it comes to Jalen Hurts and watching him grow throughout this year, he has done a phenomenal job throughout this year. Can you nitpick at things in this game that were things he still needs to improve upon? Absolutely. For instance, overthrowing Devontae Smith in the back of the end zone on their first possession. That was a throw. He had pressure in his face. You still got to make that throw. He did it. Okay, he wasn't perfect. But still, evaluating his entire year. He has done nothing but impress me as the Eagles quarterback. And he only for me at this point still solidifies for me that he should be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles next year at the very least. If he could grow from week one to now the way he has into Pro Bowl consideration, into locking up a playoff spot for the Eagles, if he could do that all in one year as a first year starter, if this was a guy who was a fourth or fifth overall pick, we'd be signing him up already to a 10-year deal. But because he was drafted to be a backup, he's met with a lot of skepticism. And right now I feel like at least for next year that skepticism is unfair because, Gunner, as you pointed out many times on the show already, you can't control where you're drafted. But this yeah. guy goes out there and completely balls out for the year. I'm all about him being at least the starting quarterback for next year. I think he is at least locked that up right now.
4: I, I I can't emphasize enough. You know, I know people get excited about the rumor mill. Can they get a Russell Wilson? Can they get an Aaron Rodgers? But see, I'm of the mind: you have three picks. You have three picks that could that could you could build cornerstones with in terms of youth. The NFL is always about trying to get younger and get better. But a lot of times, when teams go into the youth movement. That means they have to take their lumps for a couple of years before they get better as these younger players develop. But in the Eagles' case, you can still get younger. You will have enough veteran presence on both sides of the football to where you're not taking significant steps backwards to get better. You can still get three young players uh, you can sprinkle in, and they're not considered cornerstones. But if they're three of the top 32 players in the National Football League, you hope they get it right on at least two of them, you know, that can step in and play right away. Now, unfortunately, we've seen in recent years, just because you're a first-round draft pick doesn't mean you're going to be an instant star in the National Football League or a starter immediately in the National Football League. And there have been some busts along the, along the way, most notably at quarterback, but also at other positions as well. But you hope that you can get at least two or three players you can plug and play right now with this organization. And I do believe that Jalen Hurts has done enough to make this organization feel comfortable. Well, if we have to come back with Jalen Hurts in 2022, we can add a few more things to the overall repertoire of the offense, which will make him that much better, hopefully, next season. And he will continue to grow and mature into a top-notch NFL quarterback. And, oh, by the way, we've uh, we've added some other pieces as well where we can keep this train moving and we can be considered a legitimate playoff contender again in 2022.
3: I'll absolutely take that, especially if the maturation process continues. When we come back as we return here on live post-game show on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com, we will look a little bit more at that uh, Eagles defense. I know, uh, I know, uh, Devin, you're chomping at the bit to get after that Jonathan Gannon so character. Yeah. And let's just hope that Jacob Media <laughs> has enough cameras to follow you in the in an overcare complex and have your stern talking to with jonathan gannon because i am i'm here for that i can't be there for it but i'm here for it i'll tell you that much uh when we return, don't forget uh grab a stateside vodka soda or try the new Surfside iced tea by stateside vodka see the scroll below and use the code jacob for 15 off the very popular stateside vodka soda go to statesidevodka.com that's statesidevodka.com more live post game show when we return
7: The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees, donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org.
3: Field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you, Seven, three. One, two, three. because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia
4: bank.
0: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
5: Holy and you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
8: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits.
2: Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort, book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: Welcome back. Live post game show on Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Welcome in. Welcome in. We're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your summer of 2022 weekend at Ocean Casino. Book it now and go for the live shows. Go for the win. It will simply be a spectacular summer of 2022 uh real quick update here for everybody the 49ers and texans are still scoreless we're rooting for the 49ers to actually win that game but i say what the heck why not try to go for the sixth playoff seed instead uh but the eagles can clinch with a san francisco win or a panthers win and then the packers take care of business tonight against the vikings trey lance starting in case you missed it for the 49ers jimmy garoppolo not active today trey lance is your starter he's one for one so far with about 720 left in the first quarter so let's talk about, oh, by the way, John McMullen will also be joining us from Lincoln Financial Field a little bit later in the show on the heels of the Eagles winning 20-16 to over Washington and putting themselves in a, in a position, at least for now, to clinch a playoff spot. And we all hope they do that. So looking at this Eagles defense today, I, we had talked a little bit earlier, Devin, about the Eagles defensive line, Fletcher Cox, obviously Josh Sweat getting get into the backfield, Javon Hargrave trying to make some big plays as well. Jonathan Gannon, I did notice maybe two uh, to go back and look at it. Maybe two um, odd man rushes, if you will, five men rushing instead of just four after the quarterback Taylor Haneke, in this game. But uh, overall, it was more about the defensive line play. What would you have liked to have seen from Jonathan Gannon, especially as this game went on?
6: Uh, for me, I think. Oh, sorry, Dagon. Did you want to go? You can no, go. no.
3: Oh no, no. I, this is Devin. This is this. The floor <laughs> is yours.
6: I know he just looked like he was he was chomping at the at the bit to say no something.
4: considering uh, that you considering you want to have a, a fireside chat with Jonathan Gannon I don't <laughs> want to get on your bad side so you go first.
6: <laughs> Look, I just want to talk, Gannon. I just want to talk because I think I I heard this week that he he could be a contender for a head coaching job, which oh, yeah. like I think it's I'm not saying he's horrible. I'm just saying to be in the conversation for that and people are giving him so much credit. And I think at times, yeah, credit is deserved, but most of the time I want to see more pressure. And yes, I know he said he doesn't have the personnel. John McMullen has told us he doesn't have the personnel he needs, but linebackers still a problem. Speed, still a problem. Our D line the last few weeks, I can't tell if they've gotten better. I know Fletcher Cox has definitely improved Mm -hmm. or they're just, going up against a really bad offense and quarterback. You know, Mark, I think you said it a few games ago where the Eagles don't play well, or at least Gannon doesn't plan ahead well for quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, quarterbacks Your respects. And I don't know about Taylor Heineke, if maybe that was an issue today, at least in the first half, but it's just a little passive for me. Like I thought Jim Schwartz's defense was also passive. So to... I, I don't. I just haven't seen the aggression that I want to. I mean, we are making big plays. Rodney McLeod, thank goodness, again. But uh, I just think I want to see a little bit more pressure all around from Jonathan Gannon's defense.
4: First of all, the fact that Jonathan Gannon's name was even mentioned for a head coaching job right now—that's his agent putting that stuff out there. <laughs> anybody who Anybody who would hire Jonathan Gannon right now as a head coach, based on what he's done this year, that could cost somebody a job. Um, I'm not saying he can't develop into the head coach material. I don't think he's there yet. And, you know, it looks great. You, you, you can't control who you play on your schedule, but you know, my goodness, if the Eagles had lost some of these games against the latter half of the schedule, they've, they've played, we'd be, we'd be crying foul and, and wanting to burn down an overcare complex. So he's mm. found a way to get it done. But when I look at the overall defensive scheme that he plays, uh, you play that kind of defense against the likes of a Brady, a Rodgers, mm-hmm. and he'll shred that thing like you know, like cheese. You know th- those quarterbacks. You've got to come up with something. You have to get even more creative. And, and, I, and I've said a, a lot of times, I think he waits too long to decide what he's going to do. You know, I, I look at the, I look at Miami, and Miami is the first team in the NFL ever to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. The reason why they're on a seven-game winning streak, first and foremost, because Brian Flores unleashed the hounds. If you look at Brian Flores, it's like almost every down, he's got somebody coming from all kinds of angles, blitzing, putting pressure on quarterbacks. And the defense has won a lot of games for that offense that has put them in the playoff conversation. And I look at Miami's overall personnel and defense, I don't think it's any better than what the Eagles have. But it's how it's being utilized. And I think Jonathan Gannon sometimes has too much respect for the opposition instead of Mm -hmm. dictating the play. I think he lets the play dictate him instead of him dictating the play a lot of times. And then all of a sudden, he'll come up with some key plays. But again, I need to see his defense and his scheme play against much better competition. What I've seen right now is good enough to get the job done against a Giants quarterback, a Jets quarterback, a Washington quarterback, but I want to see him do some of these things and more against the so-called elite quarterbacks in the NFC that are coming up when his team gets to the playoffs. And that's mm-hmm. not a knock against Jonathan Gannett. To me, it's just an honest observation. It's from what I've seen. Uh, kudos to him for being able to get the job done in certain situations, but his defense is all over the place. We don't know what he's playing. One week he's playing soft, next mm-hmm. week the quarterbacks are playing up. You know what? Mm-hmm. what? What's your identity? What's your identity as a defense? You know. Well, and sometimes
6: it's it's the call, like uh, the when Washington had the ball right before the half, it seemed like they honestly were like, okay, the, the clock's running out, and there was no pass rush, and they were able to get another first down and then a field goal, and that put them up even more. So right, it's. Right. Things like that where it it feels like he is reactive. It's reactive defense. They just kind of sit back and wait to see what happens and then react from there. And I just think, especially when the other team, what Washington was missing, three offensive line starters, starting running back, quarterback, obviously. So it's scary if you have to go up against a full-strength Dallas. You know, I don't think that we – I mean, we saw we weren't able to stop them earlier in the season. So.
7: Mm-hmm. scary
3: well that'll, that'll be a huge test depending on how that actually plays out next week i expect that to be a big test for the eagles if they do have to play that game and the, the cowboys have play, also have to play that game so that'll be a big test if both sides really need that that victory but here's what i'll say two things one i want to point out uh great name Rigamortis mortis is uh, hitting us up on the chat <laughs> saying that he hopes jonathan gannon gets a job somewhere else and i think we all understand oh. why okay uh, yeah. but uh the other thing uh, to this is when you compare him to the jim schwartz's defense one thing that Jim Schwartz, I don't think it's enough credit for in terms of the comparison to Jonathan Gannon. Yes, very true. Neither side liked to blitz. But at least Jim Schwartz had a defensive line structure that allowed aggression on every single play because he played the wide nine a lot of the times. Jonathan Gannon doesn't even do that. Jonathan Gannon sits back and says, all right, uh, front four, go ahead and make a play, see what happens. And the phrase I have used throughout this entire season is you can force quarterbacks into making mistakes gunner similar to what you were saying when you play a guy like daniel jones when you play the backups that you've seen against washington when you see games like that in front of you and you have the opportunity when you have quarterbacks like that in front of you to force them into mistakes go ahead and do it now they tried that against taylor heineke a couple of different times today and by some divine inspiration or divine intervention He was able to make a couple of different plays. One, he had, I think it was Alex Singleton right in his face, taking him to the ground, and he was able to lob it right over uh, the defensive back. I think it was was the one player, or Stephen Nelson, later in that game that you saw him actually beat the Blitz on. But everything else really came down to the defensive line making plays for this team. This was a game where they could go eat, essentially. I don't think it was a matter of anything great. Jonathan Gannon did schematically. The second half, I think they simply got home more. You saw Washington. This was interesting. Washington increased their screens in the second half, it looked like, meaning they were trying to get the Eagles to over-pursue, over so that when Jonathan Gannon, what he did call a rare aggressive play call, and I use that term loosely, they were able to try to use the Eagles' over-pursuit against them. To their credit, a lot of times, either T.J. Edwards or Alex Singleton were actually staying back. They were staying home, in other words, to protect to protect against that particular play. And I thought that was a great job of just discipline, which does give a little bit of a hat tip to coaching. But overall, they were trying to catch the Eagles' defensive line over-pursuing in the backfield by beating them with screen plays, which really did not work in their favor in the second half, which is why the Eagles were able to pitch a shutout in that second half. But when it comes overall to aggression – one thing I always think does get left out is that wide nine factor when comparing Jim Schwartz to Jonathan Gannon. But look, they did what they were supposed to do against an inferior team. Did, did Washington have a few chips on, chips on their shoulder? They absolutely did. But the Eagles did what they needed to do in this football game, which was not only win it, but take control when they needed to do that when it mattered most, which was the second half of this game. Uh, to go back to the offense real quick, uh, at what point are, is Boston Scott just going to be the number two guy, if not the number one? I mean, he looked like the number one guy tonight or today, this afternoon, I should say. But it looks like he, that should really be his role going forward. Jordan Howard, they didn't use as a number one back today for the most part. Miles Sanders, what you think, Gunner? At least another week?
4: Uh, possibly. You know, yeah. it, depend, it depends. It depends on on the latest amount of X rays and what it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of whether or not they can put some kind of protective device on that hand uh, to keep it from doing further damage, which could affect his availability for the playoffs. Um, If they're they're in the playoffs today, I don't know if I'd even play Miles Sanders next week. Mm -hmm. You're going to need him more. So you're going to need his overall repertoire uh, of of abilities in in the passing and running game uh, for that second season. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and as much as you'd like to take down the Dallas Cowboys in a bigger, bigger scheme of things, what's more important, uh, having Miles Sanders available for Dallas, if it doesn't affect their playoff positioning or having him that much healthier hand wise when the playoffs roll around. So mm-hmm. um, even, even I, I, I don't think i touch him you know, in terms of next week. Right. Be nice and, to get him back in the flow, but no.
3: And Nick Sirianni even said he compared it to Marlon Mack when he had him with the Colts. Uh, I think it was 2019, Marlon Mack had a hand injury, broken hand, he ended up missing two weeks. And Nick Sirianni compared the injury to that with Miles Sanders. So I would assume it would be two weeks as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to him sitting out next week. But as of right now, I don't even think you would need him at this point If, if you had to win next week, right? I'm sure Miles Sanders might be able to go for that game. But when it comes to the competition, if you will, between Jordan Howard, maybe not being a hundred percent right now and Boston Scott, absolutely, absolutely being a hundred percent. It showed the proof was in the pudding today, as far as how they started out the game, Boston Scott, and rightfully so, I thought was the, was the Eagles number one running back. And I'm not afraid to see that happen again, going forward.
6: I think when Jordan Howard is fully healthy, I would argue that I would want him as my number one. I, but I mean, it's, they're both incredible, and I li- I like that we have options when guys go down. Um, but Jordan Howard was clearly still shaking up from his stinger stinger yeah. last week, so I think in terms of guys who needs to who need to step up when we need them, Boston Scott is incredible. As I said earlier in the show, um, I don't know if I'd if I'd go as far to say that I feel confident in him being a number one running back though.
3: I do as long because Jordan Howard's has an injury right now that made him miss what five six weeks a couple of years ago. So yeah. I don't like for him to even play in this particular game was wild to me. I th- yeah. I'm I'm okay. What I'm saying is I'm okay with Jordan Howard still taking his time and being that number two guy behind Boston oh, yeah. Scott. Yeah. yeah.
6: Right. Like, yeah. I mean, if no one else is healthy, then yes, absolutely. Boston's got number one
3: guy. <laughs> what I'm really saying is just I, I, nothing against Kenny Gainwell. He hasn't yes. taken the reins as the yeah. Eagles had hoped he would in more of a predominant role in this offense. Mm-hmm.
4: I, I just think in Boston Scott's case, um, he's just caught in a numbers game here in Philadelphia. He's always going to be that number three back as long as Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are here because they complement each other. So where you have the game breaker in Miles Sanders, you have the battering ram of Jordan Howard. And when you look at the way the Eagles uh, you know, align their running game, it's built around those two type backs. You have one back who's a scat back who, who tries to wear defense down, and the other one tries to finish him off with his power running ability. And, and and Boston Scott is like a combination of the two. He's a smaller back, but he's very shifty. He can also lower his shoulder and and knock a defender back or would be the tackler back, uh would be tackler back but because those two guys are in front of him i, I don't think boston Scott's role in this offense will be anything more than what it is right now
3: okay uh real quick still scoreless 49ers and texans right now we're rooting mm-hmm. for the 49ers unless you want the eagles to have a shot at that you know sixth playoff seed but whatever uh but uh also uh, getting this from jeff mcclain after the game nick sirianni apparently telling reporters this has to do with Jalen Hurts' ankle, which is still on the back of my mind. I don't know if it is still right. for you guys, but right. Jalen Hurts uh, said at one point he looked at – or Nick Sirianni said at one point Jalen Hurts looked at him during the game and said, whatever you need to call, call it. Yeah. So no, uh, don't don't think about my ankle. I'll be fine. I got this. No worries. You now, it's not really descriptive as to whether or not Jalen Hurts is just trying to tough it out and still experiencing a lot of pain. Yeah. Or if it's just along the lines of Jalen Hurts, it's just 100% and he doesn't want his coach trying to shy away from anything on the play sheet. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to interpret it just now, but all I know is bottom line is Jalen Hurts is ready to go, whether that's physically or that's mentally, just trying to tough out an ankle injury.
6: I'd be willing to bet that knowing Jalen Hurts and watching him throughout this season, that that is mental. He's probably still in a little bit of pain, a little bit uncomfortable, and he was saying... Uh, it's fine. I'll push through it. Whatever you need, because yeah. I mean, we see that he does that game in and game out, and that's what's so impressive about him.
3: Mm-hmm. Now that it is, it has really been impre- Like really, I, I I know Gunner. You said it wasn't easy to narrow it down to one thing, but I think Nick Sirianni made a decision after the Raiders game and going into that Lions game, and we 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 know the conversation mm-hmm. and to reference it one more time, the Jason Kelsey speech when he talked about watching things grow. I mean, if your mind doesn't flip right to flowers, man, woof, I don't know what, but he was talking about flowers, talking about growing, and after they did, they dismantled the, the Detroit Lions like they should have, and we did the post-game show talking about how, hey, look, we understand it's the Lions, but they did what they were supposed to do. Prove you're not as bad as the Lions, and they did that. And ever since then, that root speech, ever since watching a flower grow, ever since the fertilizer— The Eagles have been playing much better football. And Nick Sirianni has been calling a much better game plan because he has decided to say offensive line, Jeff Stoutland, you got us. We're going to run behind it. We're going to allow you guys to have great pass protection, but we're also going to call plays to put our quarterback in the best possible position to have success. And they did that again today. Now the run game wasn't what it used to be. You pointed that earlier Gunner, but overall this offense, you have seen that about face over the last nine weeks of the season, really. Right. And it has been a joy to watch that growth.
4: I think Jason Kelsey's speech spoke volumes to a lot of players, a lot of young players trying to find their way with this team. When basically he said, Hey, I was a walk on in Cincinnati. Nobody believed in me. He earned a scholarship. Uh, he gets, he, you know, he, the, the, the word on him was he's too small to play center in the National Football League. The Eagles take a chance on him. Even in 2016, people were screaming, you know, Doug Peterson's first year. You know what? You need to find a center. He's too small. He's get, he's being engulfed by these much bigger defensive tackles. And he talked about how, you know, people wanted to give up on me, but Doug Peterson and his organization still had faith in him. And, and you look at where he is now, you know, considered one of the best if not the best center in the National Football League. Right now he's obviously one of the smartest, most intelligent uh, offensive lineman in the National Football League. And I think this spoke volumes uh, to a lot of players in terms of just because people on the outside looking in think you can't doesn't mean that you cannot achieve you know, great things. And right now this team, two games over five hundred, has achieved things that we never thought would be feasible at the start of the season in terms of being a, 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 a playoff contender and one more win away from being a 10-win season in 2021. And what Jason basically is talking about is if you don't believe in yourself, who else is going to believe in you? And I loved how he closed it when he said, when we play our game, when you do what you're supposed to do, nobody can bleep with us. Now, I think that's a little bit far-fetched, but, you know, I understand what he's saying, trying to motivate these guys. You have to believe that no matter what the circumstance is, you can get it done. We can shock the world at any given moment. I get that. And I applaud Jason for that. If that man ran for political office, I don't care what party he ran for. I'd vote for him. You know, I'd I'd vote for Jason Kelsey no matter what. You know, mayor, you know, congressman, senator, they'll make a difference. I'd vote for Jason Kelsey just based on his speeches alone.
3: Well, do you like I wouldn't even vote for him. like I, I just wanted him to become like dictator of Philadelphia. Like I would <laughs> I would go to a complete like monarchy king, king, king mm. of Philadelphia. I would break I mean, off. From the United, yeah, right. I would break off from the United States as a whole and, and the state of Pennsylvania and just live right. in like uh Kelsadelphia. That's what I would live in. That's what I would live yeah. in. Uh, That's maybe that's just me.
6: Uh, I actually tweeted this yesterday that I want to become mayor of Philadelphia so I can make it illegal for him to retire ever because <laughs> we need speeches like that. I mean, on such a young team, it's so important. And Degan, you say like, yeah, okay. if everyone plays 100 percent, the personnel, talent, maybe the Eagles wouldn't make it to the Super Bowl. But I do think where he's coming from is like this is a new team. And when you kind of take a step back and look at the fact that we're now nine and seven. This season has been an emotional roller coaster. So he's not wrong in that this team does have crazy potential because most of our talent, aside from guys like Jason Kelsey, are very young. Nick Sirianni's in his first year. I think he's been really impressive thus far. So uh, I get I get what Jason Kelsey was putting down there for sure. Um, I do have. I want to go back to Jalen Hurts for one second, and we sure. can hopefully show this uh after the next break but i don't know if you guys saw he was almost injured again after the game because the stadium in uh or fedex field fans were trying to like give him a high five and it the barricade fell and they fell onto jalen hurts as he was walking off the field
4: uh, that, stadium a that? that stadium is a dump <laughs> oh it is a dump. i hate, that, I hate yeah. that stadium more so than any other stadium in the national football league for that a stadium almost
6: took out our quarterback after the game. So, uh yeah, hopefully we can find that video, but had to get that one out there. All
4: right, I just if, retweeted if, it. If, if, if that I, stadium had taken out Jalen Hurts, he'd have made more money off a lawsuit than he made <laughs> so far
3: in the National Football League as a player. All right, we will have it for people after the break. Now, this is what's amazing. Just to give people, it didn't fall directly on him. It, like, fell at his mm-hmm. feet. So there was mm-hmm. hardly any contact until – the fans, and you'll see it, the fans that fell over just in front of Jalen Hurts get up and Jalen Hurts immediately puts his arms around. <laughs> and Love then sec- security is rushing rushing him off. And I think that was, um, uh, as I'm looking at it, uh... Yeah, that's probably a good idea in the COVID era that we're in, unfortunately. Uh, but he, he, the security takes him away. I think he even took a selfie with a couple of people. So there you go. So there you go. Uh, we will have that for you when we come back on live post game show. But I do want to remind you, find people of Philadelphia watching on 6abc.com, as well as the Jacob Media YouTube page, that we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your summer of 2022 weekend at Ocean Casino. Book it now. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. You know, the summer is going to be spectacular. More live post game show when we return.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans.
2: Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... could say that. (laughs) Holy sh... The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip Smooth?
5: Will you stop
8: doing that?
5: I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
8: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans.
2: Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theOceanac.com.
0: The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local98.
3: Welcome back. Welcome back, live post game show brought to you by the amazing people at Ocean Casino Resort. Uh, we will have that uh, video of you. Do we have it ready to go right now, Xander? Because I know that people want to see this. Anytime there's an idea, here we go. There From Mike Garofalo. There it is right there. Uh, go ahead and roll that for us, Xander, so people can see this.
6: I love that the caption says wait for it. <laughs> All right. There he goes.
7: Whoa. Jeez, great reaction! Great, like quick
0: reflexes
6: there. Back to Jalen for that.
7: Oh, yeah,
6: he does take a selfie. <laughs> I love that the caption says "Talk about a quarterback that's cool, calm, collected under pressure." Yeah, I mean,
4: can you imagine had that rail and and the bodies falling into his leg or knee? Uh,
9: How devastating
4: that could have been. Can you imagine? And he handled it well. I mean, he stood there. He helped people up. Yeah, he took a picture, took some selfies with some people. You know, but then but then again, that's the Jalen Hurts we've been watching. You know, no moment is too big or too small for him. You know, he's not above he's not above the fans. He fully understands that, you know, the fans can make or break you in a lot of ways. Um, and You know, simple moments like that, you know, that's when fans really embrace an athlete. You know, you know, we always think that athletes deliberately try to separate themselves, you know, for the most part from a fan base, uh, which is the case a lot of times. But here's a guy. You know what? Cool, calm, collected. Hey, let me help you up. Yeah, yeah I'll take a couple pictures with you. Mm. And then you look at what that idiot Antonio Brown did. You know, I'm looking oh, at that God. video a while ago. <laughs> Takes his shirt off, walks off the field, and the Buccaneers cut him. Uh, you know, oh, Buccaneers yeah. cut him, you know, which is which is good. I mean, I think, I think there's something mentally wrong with that guy. I hope he gets help. I hope he gets better. He's mm. a phenomenal football talent, but something is, is absolutely wrong with him. I've never seen that before. And you saw Mike yeah. Evans try to stop him, and Mike Evans just finally said, "You know what? Forget it. I'm done." Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need those kind of distractions. You know, no. you're trying to no. you're trying to get the number one seed. You're you're playing to go as far as you can in the playoffs, and you got to worry about whether this guy's mentally strapped on right. You know, uh, but luckily you have a guy like a Jalen Hurts who understands. You know what it's all about. You know, um, you know he, he's just one of the guys who's fortunate enough to play this game at the highest level. And he's enjoying the ride right now. That's all he can do. He's enjoying the ride. He doesn't know what the the future holds for him. He doesn't know what tomorrow holds for him. And by tomorrow, I mean after this season. He's just enjoying the moment in any way, shape, and form he can.
6: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've seen a few people in the comments, uh, especially earlier in the show, saying that the Eagles should get Antonio Brown and absolutely not. No, no, no. You do not need a guy like that on your team. Nope. Yeah,
3: no. no no no! people were saying no. that like a year ago when he had his legal trouble yeah. two yeah. years ago and i was like no 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 thank no, you no, no thank you, you don't and need now that. literally quits on his team and leaves in the middle of a game leave i've never seen it never uh, he it, should never he, like if anyone gives him a job with that with all the awful things on his resume they need their head examined if yes. he ever plays in the end, if anyone ever gives the if even gives him a chance, he's done as far as I'm concerned. What nothing to do with him. I hope he signs for the Cowboys so we can blow that team up. Hopefully, but anyway, uh, you know what, let me though, Mark, how, many, how
4: many how many times have we seen players have committed heinous crimes oh, and sure. they've they've basically reached out to the public? I know I need help. Uh, I'm going to get help. And you're thinking, you know, instead of playing sports, you need to focus on life.
0: Mm-hmm. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden.
4: Once he's, they've gotten that so-called help, you know, uh, psychological help or whatever the help may be. All of a sudden, another team picks them up. Mm-hmm. You know, looking how much um, you look at how much Antonio Brown has bounced around. He here's a guy who who basically tried to destroy the chemistry in Pittsburgh. He goes out to the Rams. It's on hard knocks. He knows cameras are rolling. He gets into confrontations. And you see him go back to his rented place, get on the phone with his grandma and say, Grandma, I got it. I, I did it. Right. And and you hear her say, "The Raiders, you got, yeah, you're yeah. out? So basically, he tried to sabotage his way out of there. You're thinking, okay, nobody should touch this guy. He needs help. Tampa Bay picks him up. Now we see the incident like this today. Don't touch this guy. Somebody else is going to pick him up because you know what they're going to say? Well, he's uh, getting rehabilitated and... <laughs> He can help our team win, bottom line. He'll put people in the seats, mm-hmm. he'll sell jerseys, and he can help our team win. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it should be all about, but unfortunately it is.
3: Yeah, no, I, and I agree with you, but that's even more the reason why you should never play in the NFL again. I because, agree with you. Because, but, but, but it's because he went to a team that he literally – I don't know how you do this, but you literally do a self-tank like he did with the raiders right. to go to where he wanted to go in uh, right. tampa with with tom brady who loves him for whatever reason and he goes to tom brady he fakes his vax card uh, yeah. uh and yeah. then and then he pull, he pulls this stunt today literally quitting on his team and all the stuff that happens off the field it's it's not right i'm not saying it's right but in the sport of football that's where you can't foul up and that's what i think he he ended i think i think In all honesty, I think Antonio Brown ended his career today, and quite frankly, I hope it is over because I never want to see him in the NFL again. I don't want to see anyone quit on their team ever, especially when you have the track record of that clown.
4: I I wish I could agree with you. If it was a marginal player, they would never play in the National Football League again. But because of his uh, exceptional abilities, his breakaway speed, his hands, everything about him, um, it it may not be... 2022 but he's still young enough to to give him another shot this kid this guy just went from 15 catches a week ago to now out of the league in a span of one week mm. and you're thinking how many chances can you be given the money that you made the money you potentially could have made you will never get chances like that again now if somebody signs them they're going to sign them with the, a lot of a lot of clauses in that contract <laughs> yes a lot yes. of restrictions in that contract and it'd probably be closer to league minimum than it will be one of those wild type contracts. Mm. I wouldn't touch that guy with a hundred foot pole. There's no mm. way he would play for my organization in any way, shape, or form. But again, I can't say it enough. Somebody somewhere down the road will give him another chance.
3: Uh 33 years old now will be 34 at the start of next season. Uh and I, I look, I I I I know where you're coming from, Gunner. I just yep. I just hope I just I just hope you're wrong. That's I hope hope, hope I'm wrong too, but I've seen it happen too many times. Of of course, of course, too many Uh, times. Uh, real quick, I just want to go back to this other point, real quick. I was at uh, what was it? Quest Tech, what was the the Chargers old field? Qualcomm, it was uh, Jack Murphy Stadium and then Qualcomm. Thank you. Okay, I was at the last year of that, and at the if people thought the vet held on for a little too long, yep. uh, Jack Murphy Stadium, uh, the Qualcomm, whatever you want to call it, that like literally, like people were like, the vet's a toilet. And like Qualcomm literally was a toilet, like basically just yeah. people went there to use the bathroom. Like that's how gross and disgusting that stadium was. Washington's FedEx Field is nowhere, nowhere like as old as Qualcomm, but good God, that is a dump of a stadium. Gunner, you said it. Like, they 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 had what a leaking toilet at two separate occasions earlier in the season. You already put your play by play radio guy Merrill Reese in the corner so they can't see anything from where they're calling plays in that corner. The st- the stadium itself. I've walked on that field, Gunner, as you have many times. Yeah. It literally smells. It smells like butt is what it smells like. Okay, <laughs> like the fact that you almost landed all, like fans on an opposing quarterback as he walked off the field. How do you even, how are you allowed to run any organization, Dan Snyder? And I know you're not down there taking the the, the bike racks and the the rails and putting them in concrete or anything like that. But what the hell are you allowing to happen to your organization in so many different angles, so many different facets? It's amazing to me. Don't get me wrong, as an Eagles fan, I love that he owns the, the Washington football team. But how many more chances is this guy going to get to show that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing or how to run an organization? Imagine worst-case scenario, Jalen Hurts has something awful happen where the, 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 the rail lands on him, fans land on him, and he can't play next week or the week after that in the playoffs. And this mm-hmm. guy's trying to scratch and claw for every ounce that he's going to get in the NFL. Gunner, as you said, he doesn't know what his future holds. How do you, how do you let this clown Dan Snyder run an organization any more than he already has? And don't get me wrong, Uh, I hope it happens for a longer time because I I don't even really care for that team. But still, oh, my goodness, what could have happened today?
4: I covered the Chargers when it was Jack Murphy Stadium. I lived right (laughs) two miles miles down the road from Jack Murphy Stadium. And even back then, it was a dump. You know, concrete stadium. You couldn't even get a signal out of the tunnels with a cell phone because it was so bad. And, And Candlestick Park was the same way. The 49ers old Park Candlestick Park was just as bad. But to tell you how bad this Washington FedEx field is and media, you know, visiting media complains about this all, all the time, unless you're one of the prominent writers, uh, both locally and nationally, to sit in the front row. The press box is in a coffin corner of an end zone. When the teams are going away from you, you have to actually go down like this to try to see under the awning to see the far end of the field to see what's happening. The, the monitor you're watching in a stadium is like on a 10, 15 second delay. And if you like me, a lot of people like to log play. So you know what you're talking about after a game, you're trying to play catch up the whole game because the next play is happening while the previous play is still being shown. The food is horrendous. You know, um, I, I was, I was on the pregame show uh, with a 97.5 with Devon Givens. And we had Tim McManus on from 97 uh, from ESPN.com. And Tim and I, you know, we're good friends and we've been down at the stadium a lot of time. And Tim, we were talking about the green hot dogs, brownish green hot dogs. I've never seen Ew. that anywhere else except FedEx Field. Now they taste Devin. I will tell you this, they taste okay. I've tried them a couple of times. You've eaten I'm not one.
6: Put- <laughs> no. no. Yes, no, i tried I'm them. Eat that Hey, one. when you
4: look, look, when you've been stuck on a field pregame for two or three hours before a game, and you're you haven't eaten all day, and you race up there and you go, Oh. And then you look around to your left and your right and you see other media members scarfing them down like it's their last supper. You say, well, you know what? If, if, if they're going to die, I'm going to die with them today. And, you know, they've tasted fine. You put enough ketchup and relish and, and onions on them, you can masquerade the, the taste of anything. But, but that stadium is abysmal. It, it is by far the, the one stadium I put at the top of my list that I hate the most in the National Football League. Uh, it does Snyder have one the,
6: pro though. It has one what, silver lining in that stadium.
4: What? What?
6: When the Eagles play there, it's always basically a home game. Just as the Chargers, well, the <laughs> games are still like that. But, it? Yeah, it, it, I'll
4: right. give you that. I'll give you that. But outside of that, um, if if they open it up to where the general public, you know, there's talk now that they're going to try to build a new stadium. If they ever opened it up and said the, the fans have a chance to come in and grab a slam chamber if you pay a small fee to charity. Uh, You can hit some of the bricks and try to knock the bricks loose. I would take a plunger and a a, a pack of TNT dynamite and just, you know what? I'll pay you triple. Just let me blow up a whole section. Let me blow up the section that has been my misery every time I've gone down. there. That's all I ask. I'll pay you triple what everybody else is paying. That's how much I hate that stadium.
3: You know, we haven't even touched on the one most egregious thing. They got one exit. (laughs) <laughs> like when you're leaving, there's like one exit, and that's it. What? It's like No, wow. Now, now, now there, there's two. There's actually
4: two. Oh, don't no- tell me about the dirt road in the back. No, no, not the dirt road. There's another exit. But the thing is, they plopped the stadium down in the middle of nowhere. It's like in a neighborhood. Yeah, And yeah. You're, you're right. For the most part, when you think about that stadium seats between 80,000, 90,000 people, when mm. you think about the volume of people coming into that stadium, if you don't get there three hours early, you might not make it for kickoff you know, at at that stadium. Oh, no, yeah, you're not lying. You're not lying. Mm. I said you should get rid of the stadium and you should just play games in the parking lot. Just put grass on top of the concrete and play the game in the parking lot and put up high school bleachers. You know, I know you'd lose money, Daniel Snyder, but that's okay. You deserve to lose money for the product that you put on the field and the stadium you provide uh, your fan base to go
3: into to watch their team. Okay, awesome. Oh, Oh, wait a minute, hold on. We're gonna have. Hold on. Do we have? Are we ready to go here, Xander? I just received word that our good friend uh, Joe Mesa of Mesa and Associates is gonna be able to give us, uh, you know, some piping hot takes from fan reaction. Uh, Am I the? Am I the only person that knows about this? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'm being told not yet. John McMullen will join us a little bit later in the show, as will Joe Mesa as well of Mesa and Associates, uh, Mesa Law and Associates. If you need a tough injury lawyer, call Mesa and Associates. Uh, When we come back. Uh, we'll be joined by both John McMullen and we'll also be joined by Joe a little bit later in the show. You're watching live post game show on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel.
7: The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees, donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org.
3: field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you, because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MesaLaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that?
5: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
8: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
5: Go
1: for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to
2: Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: Welcome back. Live post-game show. I uh, got some disappointing news. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your summer of 2022 weekend for the summer of 2022 at Ocean Casino. Book it now and go for the live shows. Go for the win. You know, the summer is going to be just spectacular. Joe Messa won't be joining us. A little bit of a scheduling conflict after the game. But I can tell you this. Wherever Joe is right now, it's heated with excitement. That much I know. <laughs> and either way, Joe. We can Joe,
6: confirm that, yes. Yeah, we sure. can
3: confirm. Per sources, <laughs> per sources, ourselves, and experience. Uh, Joe uh, will still bring us, though, our good friend John McMullen, live uh, from uh, the uh, that dump of a stadium, FedEx Field. Uh, Jalen Hurts is addressing the media right now. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, Jalen Hurts did say that uh, pretty cool everything was good <laughs> as far as uh, the fans almost falling on him. Interesting situation also said after the game that the uh, Eagles continue to put together team wins with how they have rounded out this season. And by the way, John McMullen will be joining us in just a moment, but I will say again, you go back to that game uh, that they had against the Raiders and uh, everything changed after that. Sure. The competition got a lot easier, but really it was the Eagles making things happen for more on what happened uh, after the game, as far as the press conferences and player conversations go, John McMullen joins us right now, and he is brought to us by our good friend Joe Messa. Messa Law & Associates need a tough injury lawyer Lawyer, called Mesa & Associates. Johnny Mac, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well.
9: How are you guys?
3: Doing doing fantastic. Uh, so Jalen Hurts is okay after you know uh, a railing almost fell on him and several fans?
9: Yeah, that uh, I, I think that was the closest he got sacked all day. Actually, got <laughs> sacked. But, uh, yeah, he had plenty of time to throw today. That was a uh, a big positive. It was interesting because uh, obviously Taylor Heineke started very well in this game, and and it was very similar to the first game with Garrett Gilbert, ten nothing lead, and. I don't know from your perspective, from my perspective, and then after the game, what Nick Sirianni said, Jalen Hurts said, there was a calmness to this team. I never got the feeling uh, they thought they were out of it or or they weren't going to be able to come back in this game, and and they did. And it was a little bit too close for comfort because Roddy has to make the interception late, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was strange because I, I think they dominated the game. Uh, once they got rolling in the second half, but obviously they didn't dominate it on the scoreboard. And sometimes that's the best game for a coach because you get the win, uh, you're you're that much closer to the playoffs, and there's plenty of stuff to complain about. Mm. <laughs> um,
6: John, I want to get your take on the the slow starts because it wasn't just a one game thing. You know that's kind of been the case the last few games. Uh, we were saying, obviously, when they're against a more competitive opponent, that's just not going to fly. Uh, what's your take on that, and and has Nick Suriani addressed those slow starts?
9: Yeah, I, I think it's a concern. I, I think it's a valid concern because you're right. If you if you go back to early in the season and there is a Tom Brady out there, Patrick Mahomes, even a, a Derek Carr, or Justin Herbert, you probably can't afford to do what the Eagles are doing early in games. Um, On the other hand, you got to give them credit for, you know, writing the ship and making adjustments and and doing things better in the second half of games. I I think they missed Miles Sanders a little bit more than expected. Maybe in this game, they weren't running the ball effectively from the running back perspective. Jalen got, a little bit more involved in the running game, that's good. That tells you his ankle's feeling at least a little bit better. But uh, until late in the game, um, Austin Scott's numbers weren't great. Uh, Jordan Howard's numbers weren't great. And 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 they're not, if you look at the final box score. But they were, they were able to run the ball in the fourth quarter when they needed to and siphoned some time off the clock. So that's a positive. And I, I think from a passing perspective – this is one of Jalen Hurts' best games. I really think that. It might not look like it, uh, but I thought for the most part he made right decisions. He went to the right receiver with the football almost every single time, and I think that's a positive. I-, I think, if anything, it was pretty evident that the Washington secondary was just too depleted, and this maybe should have been a throw the football game. Nobody wants to hear that in Philadelphia, but I, I think they could have – thrown the football at will if they wanted to in this game, but they become a run centric team and they stuck with that, with that mentality.
4: Hey, Hey John, what do you make of the fact that last couple of games we have been screaming about the Eagles offense stagnating itself early on, but this time it was the defense. The defense has carried this team um, in a lot of ways over the past month or so. Uh, But they had that, that mental lapse for the first 30 minutes in this game do you think it was just one of those days or is this a cause for concern as we move forward
9: you know it's interesting the I you know I think Heineken was 14 of 17 in the first right. half so you start right. hearkening back to those 80 percent games, those 90 percent games, for instance with their car um and you start to say oops here we go again and but in, the, in this particular one, I, I do think it was a lot of underneath stuff. And I think there was uh, guys missing tackles, guys out of position. And, and really, you know, when Taylor throws it to the sticks, you're almost surprised. He never throws the football downfield other than the occasional sort of throw to Terry McLaurin. And then you saw it at the end of the game. They, they get all the way, they dink and dink and dunk all the way down the field and he tries to go over the top to win the game, interception, game over. So I think they kind of figured out, look, this guy's not going to challenge us deep down the field. And uh, I think they deserve credit for making those kind of adjustments. But there's still some talent deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. I think anybody kidding themselves about that, they still need to improve from a talent perspective, especially on the back seven. Uh, I do think you saw – Sort of, and we haven't seen it enough this year. But you saw what the Eagles think Josh Sweat can be. I mean, he was—he was a dominant, dominant player in this game. And Taylor Heineke is going to be having nightmares about that lengthy, six-foot-five edge rusher looking like uh, a praying mantis everywhere. Uh, Whether it's batted ball sacks, he was all—he was all over.
3: Yeah, uh, I think uh, Taylor Haneke is going to be very uh, – you know, he's going to be having his nightmares about Josh Sweat while Jalen Hurts is having nightmares about a guardrail. Uh, but uh, when it comes Welcome to, to – the FedEx. Yeah, really, I know. <laughs> at, least me, it's I not know. Su-
9: at least it's not sewage water. <laughs>
6: exactly.
3: True, true. Uh, we, we, yeah. we just listed all the horrible things about FedEx Field a minute ago, but you're absolutely right, John. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to uh, that, that defensive play, what was the difference in the second half? Was it just the defensive line getting after it, or was it a matter of uh, some type of adjustment Jonathan Gannon made at halftime?
9: Now we we asked Josh what that he said no adjustments they just executed better and and as I said they tackled better for the most part when when they did complete those short passes and there wasn't as much uh, yards as, after catch but I think you know, if you think about the one completion and Nick Sirianni was talking about how hot Taylor Heineke was early in the game, the one he was, he was about to get sacked. I think it was Derek Barnett was all over him, unblocked. He just threw the ball up and it's a completion. It yeah. looked like the ugliest thing you ever saw. And it, it, you start to think to yourself, Oh, is this going to be one of those days? But, uh, the Eagles settled down and, um, you know, he was—he wasn't going to throw the football to the sticks. So as long as you 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 have that check down, you can rally and tackle. Uh, I think they did that better in the second half than the first half.
6: Uh, going back to Jalen Hurts, uh, you mentioned his ankle. We heard, had heard that. You know, he went to Nick Sirianni during the game and said he was willing to do whatever it took. So is he completely healthy physically, or was that Jalen Hurts being Jalen Hurts and saying, look, I'll just push through it and make this happen and get this win?
9: No, he's not. He's not 100% physically. The, the Eagles have basically taken uh, the RP, RPO aspect of this offense off the table the past couple of weeks, so you don't have that plus one in the running game that they like to call it now. It's a little bit better. I think they ran it twice only with Jalen Hurts uh, against the Giants. So uh, he did say to, to Nick Sirianni uh, during the game, call whatever you have to call, meaning, you know, if you have to call a quarterback run to get this win, do it. He'll get through it. But he, he's clearly dealing with something. The head coach admitted that. Jalen's admitted it in the past. It's not 100%. But, you know, last week he said 2-0, and uh, is is you know the ankles good enough to go two and0 now it's good enough to go three and0 uh, and that's that's all that matters from his perspective.
4: John, we always like to talk about character wins and I thought this was a big character win for this team. It, it's nice when you put up 27 33 points a game. it looks good for fantasy you know fantasy footballers out there but to win these kind of knockdown drag out bare knuckle type fights, Um, it's a great learning tool for what they could encounter in the second season.
9: Yeah, it is. Anytime you play these close, the Eagles haven't had a lot of close games really, if you think about it. And, and one where you're sort of wringing your hands and, you know, say what you want about the Washington football team. They're, they're 20 yards away from winning this game. So, you know, anything can happen in that circumstance. I, I mean, Uh, you know if that ball's thrown a little bit better uh, uh, Taylor Honeke can maybe fit it in in between Anthony Harris and Ronnie McLeod who knows the Washington football team might have another player to where that play ends up Um, and anytime you get out of games you have to learn how to win these close games Mm -hmm. in the NFL especially with a young quarterback and a young head coach and that's that's a process. The Eagles like to talk about their process It's a process to learn how to win these games, these close games. So it's always positive.
3: Mm-hmm. What has impressed you the most when it comes to the maturation process of both Nick Sirianni as a play caller and a head coach and then Jalen Hurts as the quarterback of this team?
9: Well, Jalen Hurts, I mean, unquestionably to me is how calm he is. I, I mean – I see 10-year veterans who aren't as calm as he is uh, when things are going wrong or um, you're down 16-7 in halftime in a game that you, you pretty much have to win if you want to get to the playoffs. I, I This is the first-year starting quarterback. I, I've always been amazed by his ability to, to stay so even-keeled and not be uh, the type of quarterback who get flustered. We've, we've seen it from the other you, – you've seen a Jake Fromm get flustered. You've seen a Garrett Gilbert get flustered. You've seen even a Taylor Heineke today get flustered. You, you see Jalen Hurts have poor performances, poor games, poor plays, but he doesn't get flustered. It, it's almost weird. It, it's mm-hmm. almost eerie in, in a little bit of a way. And and then from Nick, Nick Sirianni, I I think he's – I don't want to say the same thing because Nick gets upset. Uh, You know, he's the nicest guy in the world. You see him today. He's taking extra credits. He's happy. He knows he's closing in on the playoffs. But he wasn't happy when his introductory press conference went over like a you-know-what church in this town. (laughs) He, He was not happy. When people yeah. made a big deal of the flower thing, he was mad. He was upset. And he's got, he, he always calls it that Italian temper, but um, he's a little bit different behind the scenes than in front of the scenes. Really nice guy, but he, he, he's not as even keeled as Jalen Hurts. And he's been <laughs> able to use these things uh, to not only motivate himself and his coaching staff, but also the team. And, and Doug did the same thing for a long time, this us versus the world type of mentality. And, you know, everybody's making fun of us because I said this about a flower, that type of thing. He's able to use that and, and the players buy into it. And I think it's, if it works, it's great.
6: Um, so I want to talk about, I know we touched on defense uh, and I, I always ask you about our guy, Jonathan Gannon, because I know that, our views on him differ, um, and I know you kind of talked about your thoughts on the defense's performance today, but in terms of Jonathan Gannon's scheme and how he's preparing and the fact that there are rumors going around that he's been so good he's being considered for head coaching jobs, like do you have any insight on that, and what's your opinion on how he prepared for this game?
9: Um, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if Jonathan uh, got a interview um, somewhere, uh, and we'll really? see what jobs open. Uh, in, you know, Minnesota, for instance, if they move on, they're probably going to move on. Uh, he was there for a long time. They have a lot of respect for him. I shouldn't say a long time because he's only 37 years old, but that's where it kind of started. Um, so I, I could see him getting that first step of, of being on the radar somewhere in this league. Very similar to Nick Sirianni, if you think about Nick in you know, he's a young, energetic guy. He's a good communicator. And, and, and you know, D-Gunn, you'll know that, you know, half about getting a job in this league is getting the interview and then wowing the guy interviewing you. Um, and that's what Nick Sirianni did to Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, he got in the room and, and he won him over. So from that perspective, look, there are hot candidates. I don't, I don't think Jonathan is at that point yet. Um but if, he's, if he gets in a room with somebody, he, he might win the moat. That's mm-hmm. that's that's how effective he is communicating with people. Um, but I, I, I doubt it. So it, it'll be his first step, so to speak, of going toward uh, becoming a head coach. And I, I think he's got this defense headed in the right direction. A lot of people have talked about, look, they're top ten in so many categories, I can't name them. I mean, if you're using the context of this league, well, top 10 is pretty good. Um, now, you'll you'll have other people that say it was bottom 10 when the quarterbacks were good. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it's, you know, now it's number five because the quarterbacks have been bad. So where's the truth? Is it, it it's usually in between? It's in between. Uh, yeah. Uh, they don't have the talent to deal with the Patrick Mahomes' of the world probably at this stage. But not a lot of teams Mm. do. So I think for the talent he has, if I told you guys this would be the number five defense in the (laughs) NFL in week 17, you probably would have called me crazy. That's a large sample size.
3: Yes, that we definitely would have called you crazy. <laughs> I, can, I can confirm that. Uh let me ask you this though, just to go back to the to the quarterback real quick, and I'll ask you this again next week and then probably after the Eagles playoff game. Because right now I want to give let the good people know uh the Panthers are beating the Saints 10 to 3. The Texans, unfortunately, are beating the 49ers, but the Panthers are doing their part and the Packers win tonight as well. But uh John, I'll ask you this. Uh, who will be the starting quarterback with all the, the stories out there about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and all that, who will be the Eagles' starting quarterback in 2022?
9: Uh, Jalen hurts. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to leave a little bit of wiggle room only because, um, I know what the Eagles think of Sean Watson as a player. Um, and obviously, there's so many issues from a legal standpoint. So if you want to jump over those hurdles and, and they get Deshaun Watson uh, for pennies on the dollar, I'm going to leave the door slightly ajar for that. Um, there's players, I always call them FU players. Uh, <laughs> in other words, there are, certain players, there are certain players so talented, no matter how much you like a guy, you say, And I think we all like Jalen Hurts. We all respect him. And that at some point, if you get somebody as talented as Deshaun Watson, you have to say, F you. And that's why there (laughs) are F you players. Oh, gee. Oh, my goodness. (laughs)
3: Well, I don't know if Antonio Brown is still one of those players anymore, if you saw his antics earlier. John. He used to be,
9: not anymore. Yeah,
3: he used to be, and, and that I and that I agree with. Uh, how do you think this plays out next week, John? Given, uh, again, the Texans right now are beating the 49ers, the Panthers are beating the Saints, so it looks like the Eagles will get one of those two things to fall into their place, and then Packers obviously facing a backup tonight against the Vikings. How do you think next week plays out against Dallas? Is that game going to matter to either
9: team? Uh, no, because uh, most likely uh, Green Bay, as you mentioned, is going to clinch the number one seed. So Dallas is not going to have anything to play for. I mean, they could start doing the whole, so we look at matchups, but that's difficult. You know, would you rather be the two, the three, whatever? But that's kind of difficult. And and from the Eagles' perspective, if they're in, you just want to rest as many as your key players as possible. Um and, and get them as healthy as possible. Because you, whomever you play, you're up against You're. This is where we get some answers when it comes to the defense, Devin. Because they're mm-hmm. going to face a good quarterback in, in right. the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. John, and that
4: terrifies I, me. The, yeah, John, I'm of the belief that um, if the Eagles do get in tonight and they still have a, an opportunity to jockey seating one position, move into the number six hole, and whether Dallas wins or loses, or more importantly, if Dallas wins, they're still in that tie, that Bermuda Triangle tie with the Rams and Tampa Bay and, you know, trying to jockey for seeding if they can't catch Green Bay. I, I still think that game next week has some significance for both teams. And if that's the case, my biggest concern is they can move that doggone game to Sunday night. That's the last thing I want to happen is to have that game move to Sunday night.
9: Yeah, I'm with you. That, we were talking about that. That's a worst-case scenario. <laughs> uh, Sunday night game. Yeah, we, we don't want any part of that. So uh, I'm hoping, and I think the Eagles will clinch tonight because obviously, you know, Minnesota barely had a chance with Kirk Cousins. They have no chance with the backup quarterback. So that, that part's going to happen. And then you need just one of the two games here at the 430 window. Uh, going your way, so it's very likely uh, the. I don't think the Eagles are going to want a jockey for seven six. And, the, and by the way, if I'm the Eagles, I'm avoiding. And people aren't going to like this, but I've said it before, so I'll say it again. I'm avoiding the Dallas Cowboys at all costs because mm. mm. I I just don't think styles make fights. They say I I don't like that matchup.
3: I I mean, we saw one. what happened the last time, either. so. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, John, oh, real, last one, real quick. How close to 100% just real quick how close to 100% is uh, Jordan Howard in being healthy? True.
9: Um, I'm going to go 85%. I, I don't I don't he clearly wasn't himself. He had right. he had extra padding on during the week. Um but he was out there, so I give him credit because he he and again, the numbers weren't great. But in the second half, he made some big runs, especially on that last drive, uh, which really siphoned uh, a lot of clock off. Mm -hmm.
3: Absolutely. Uh, John McMullen, great talking to you as per usual. Don't forget, portions of this live broadcast are brought to you by First Trust Bank. Check out the Jega Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning for Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack himself, First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. John, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you. All
9: right. Thank you.
3: Thank you, and happy New Year to you, John McMullen. Joining uh, the show right there. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I even thought eighty five percent was it was generous in terms of the health you saw from Jordan Howard. We'll see what happens going forward with how all that plays out. Uh, we'll continue to break it down when we return on live post game show. And don't forget, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Grab a Stateside Vodka soda and try the new Surfside Iced Tea by Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below and use the promo code Jacob. For 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda, go to statesidevodka.com for more info. That's statesidevodka.com. We'll be back on 6ABC and the Jacob Media YouTube channel in just a second.
1: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits.
2: Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. <laughs> Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. disappears.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for
2: the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theOceanAC.com.
9: The live post-game show is powered by
0: IBEW Local98.
3: Welcome back, live post game show. If you're just joining us, uh, Jalen Hurts survived a bunch of fans and a guardrail <laughs> falling over top of him. Oh, yeah, and the Eagles won 20 to 16, baby. So there you go. Uh, Eagles, right now, just want to give a quick update on this score. It is now Panthers 10, Saints 6. Saints 6, so we are rooting for the Panthers, obviously. Saints have the ball right now, and they are driving with about five minutes left in the second quarter. That game being played in New Orleans, you want the Panthers to win or you want the uh, 49ers to win. 49ers are trailing 7-3 to right now at halftime to the Houston Texans, the lowly Texans. Uh, And then you want the Packers to beat the Vikings tonight. You do that, the Eagles lock up a playoff spot. How about that in the first year of Jalen Hurts and the Nick Sirianni era? And, you know, for that matter, let's throw them in. Devin, I know I don't want to say this just to make you angry, but the Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and Jonathan Gannon era no, in Philadelphia. Why? Why? No. Jonathan
6: Gannon is becoming a trigger word for me very quickly. Yeah, they, mean, they, there
3: you go. There you go. Well, well how about this? Put, put this feather in your cap. Uh, Gunner, our friend Devin here can put this feather in her cap. That's a very interesting thing. From According to John McMullen, we didn't hear the cut. But for anybody, and I know there's people in our chat that obviously really don't like Jonathan Gannon either. Um, right, are my people. They're your people. They're your people. Uh, after the game, Josh Sweat was asked, hey, what was the difference in the second half? Major coaching adjustments? Was your coach a genius? Or are you guys just dominating? And Josh Sweat's answer was, no, no adjustments. We just, you know, performed our jobs. We did our jobs. <laughs> We got after it, and you that's tell you it, all you need to know. It really does. Now, now look, okay, you Tells can cut you it all you need to know. Gunner, you can cut it two ways. You could say, Okay, that's the player just saying the game plan was good as is, but we sucked in the first half and we were better in the second half, or you could take it as you no, know, we just did our jobs. Like, so I don't know how which way you slice it, Gunner, but we talked about it at the start of the show. The tail of two has when it came to this defense, particularly, especially the offense more than anything. Uh, but really it wasn't a matter of defensive scheme i noticed in the first mm-hmm. half because they were sending blitzes they actually blitzed five guys or yeah they sent five guys on more than one occasion in that first half the difference was in the second half they actually got home so i agree with josh sweat it wasn't a matter of needing to make adjustments it was a matter of doing your job
4: i'll give i'll give them that but you know because because there's such an indifference of opinion about jonathan gannon I, I, I thought Josh might have used a little bit more diplomatic approach. You know what I mean? Well, you know, Jonathan, he did dial up a few things, but we just played a little bit harder. That way you cover all facets. Right. But the fact that he said, oh, no, you know, we just we just did our jobs better, huh. it tells me that, that there's a possibility Jonathan Gannon cannot adjust well enough on the fly when the competition's increase uh, increases – to give his defense a chance to succeed, and if that is indeed the case, we've got a major problem, and the Eagles won't be in the playoffs very long.
6: Mm. Right. I mean, it goes back to what we talked about, where for some reason, when we play against an offense and especially quarterback who is Jonathan Gannon respects, apparently Taylor Heineke is one of them. They just don't get the job done, or at least they take a while to get there. So I know we always use though he doesn't have the personnel and players aren't playing up to their full potential. Maybe he doesn't say anything at halftime, but I mean, I agree. Like maybe it's not all scheme, but it doesn't that fall on the coach. If your players aren't playing up to their full potential.
3: It certainly does. I mean, that's what everyone, that's like one of the easiest things you could jump to It's bottom line is as a coach, you have to have your players ready to play. They have to be ready to attack whatever the game plan is, whether that's not being aggressive. And I think most of these Eagles players know at this point in the season, especially we you got one game left in the, in the, in a longer year than usual, that you, you, your, your coach isn't going to dial up blitzes mm-hmm. left and right. He's not going to be aggressive. You're not going to play a wide nine like we talked about earlier. At least Jim Schwartz and his aggressive version of a defense was always playing the wide nine unless mm-hmm. you do that. Like There's no overhaul of the defense coming. So, look, I give Jonathan, credit, uh, Jonathan Gannon credit for this. The game plan was a good game plan going into this game. The players didn't execute, and that's the other way you can look at it from Josh Swett. Gunner, I absolutely agree could Sweat have given us a little bit more coach speak and say, oh, no, yeah, Jonathan, again, he, he really got in our ear in halftime and whatever, and he made sure that we corrected what right, we weren't doing right. properly in the first half. But no, he was like, yeah, no adjustments. We just basically sucked in the first half. In the second half, we got after it. And and the only thing that's real quick that is interesting, and I'll go back to this point, I saw a lot more screens in the second half, at least that's what it seemed like from the Washington football team mm-hmm. than I did in the, in the first half. And it was like they were trying to catch the Eagles over pursuing, mm-hmm. when that is the exact opposite of what I would expect from a Jonathan Gannon defense.
4: Well, Washington's defense was getting up the field um, pretty good, mm-hmm. um, and so when a team is coming after you like that, the best way to offset that is with the screen game. And you looked at both teams; both teams try to use a lot of sc- utilize the screen game uh, today. The Eagles worked a little bit better than Washington. I love the fact that the Eagles snuffed out a number of Washington plays, especially in the final quarter. Uh, You had guys getting their hands up, batting passes down. And then uh, I think it was – I can't remember if it was Sweater Avery coming off the edge there at one point uh, in the final moments of the game. And he got his hands up to the point where he didn't bat it down, but he altered uh, Heineke's uh, line of sight to the receiver out in the flats, and that, that pass felt incomplete. So the Eagles have better recognition at it than than Washington did in, in that regard. But that's the perfect way to neutralize an attacking defense. You know, um, I hate to say it, but this Eagles defense is not much of an attacking defense. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Is it? It's more like a sit and wait type defense. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get in trouble in the National Football League. You're allowing the opposition to control the clock, beat you underneath, move the chains. And if they put points on the board, that puts more pressure on your offense to come back and, 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 and answer them in that regard. Um, so there's so many different areas. I think Jonathan Gannis' defense could be a, a, a lot better. And, you know, Devin, we talked about, you know, Gannis, not Gannis saying it, but what we believe is the Eagles don't have the right personnel uh, to do some of the things that he wants to do. Um, I would say maybe at the linebacking position yet. But when you look at the guys in the trenches and the guys in the back end, um, you have enough veteran talent back there and in the trenches Mm -hmm. to be able to play some games. You know, you have Anthony Harris back there. He's been around the league a while. Rodney McLeod, Steve Nelson, Darius Slay. You look at the -hmm. the trenches. You just gave Josh Sweat a new contract. Um, You know, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, uh, are really good at collapsing the pocket in the middle and not giving uh quarterbacks much of a throwing lane or the opportunity to get outside in a lot of ways as well so i do think that you have enough pieces already in the house to do do a lot more damage it drives me nuts you know from from a fan perspective to sit back and see your defense run the same thing over and over again you know when you see so many different teams out there, they play a lot of try to play a lot of mind games with offenses. And for 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 it being week 17, and we're still seeing basically the same thing as mind-boggling and frustrating from a fan perspective.
6: Yeah, I mean, I'm laughing because there's a comment that is relatable. Jeremiah said, I don't know how to feel about Gannon. He gives me panic attacks, but you can't argue yeah. with results. And I mean, I guess that's kind of true. Like we have one. The last three games, so, like, yeah, you, a win's a win, but how much of that is on Gannon, how, like, that's not yep. necessarily saying that the defense got that win. I think it's also the offense performing and scoring. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But I, I do get you're saying. We do have extremely talented players. I think linebacker position, in my opinion, is still the biggest need, and I still am an advocate to draft all young defensive talent, maybe a wide receiver yep. in the first round, but yeah. who knows?
3: Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, I, I will say this. I think we're, we've all been on the same page. I don't think the Eagles are going to get – I mean, they're going to have three first-round picks, but I don't think they're going to make three first-round selections. I mean, that's a lot of money to tie up, but whatever they end up doing in that first round, I yeah. do hope it is still on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the football more so yeah. than, than anything, really. Uh, mm-hmm. but what it does – I will say this about the, the defense. And it's, just get away from Scheme for a second. Get away from Jonathan Gannon for a second. Gunnar, I know you made the demarcation earlier in the season about Fletcher Cox all of a sudden playing – at a much higher level than what he had prior in the first maybe six or seven games of the season. I would make the line of demarcation that Raiders game. I know Fletcher Mm. Cox, after the game, came out and said it wasn't his job to talk to the defensive coordinator and talk to him about scheme and talk to him about that. Yet he's a leader, and he said, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm supposed to be a leader. But I thought a leader's job was also to talk to the defensive coordinator. Now, according to Jonathan Gannon, they did have a little chat. They did have a little conversation. And I don't know if that was a way of Jonathan Gannon trying to reach his marquee defensive player like Fletcher Cox and trying to motivate him in that conversation. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. look, your legacy is sown here because you you won a Super Bowl. But now you have a chance to elongate that with some other guys on the defensive line, guys like uh, uh, Josh Sweat, guys like uh, Derek Barnett, guys like uh, Milton Williams, for instance, coming in here. You have a chance to make your legacy go on for another generation of player. Maybe kick it up to that next gear and get this, uh, get this defensive line going again. Since then, I've noticed a very different def- uh, Fletcher Cox. I don't know if that conversation mm-hmm. was had in that tone, but I know a conversation was had. And all I know is after that conversation, Fletcher Cox has played better. Josh Sweat has played better. Jannard Avery has even played better. Like, to me, this defense has changed a lot, not in terms of scheme, but just in terms of uh, the way that the defensive line has played from that point till now. And I don't know if that's Jonathan Gannon schematically being a good coach or Jonathan Gannon uh, motivating being a good coach, being able to reach players when maybe you you might – where a lesser coach might Mm -hmm. have lost them. And I think that's definitely a a feather Jonathan Gannon could put in his cap.
4: I don't disagree with you, but – when you when you play the, the the type of competition the Eagles have played um, over the past month or so um, I want to see more of a dominant performance it should you don't take anybody lightly in the National Football League but sure. there is a separation between good mediocre and bad you know and the Eagles when you look at some of the teams they face they should have dominated and they don't it's like they let teams hang around just to keep it entertaining. And that's a bad formula, man. When you get to big time football games, that's a bad formula because overall, this Eagles team is not good enough to overlook anybody. This team is not good enough overall, talent wise, where you can make an abundance of mistakes and overcome them. I mean, we're riding that holy grail right now because they're two games over five hundred. You know, they're winning games, they're winning blowout games, they're running the football well, they they, they won a close. Hard fought, knuckle, knuckle junction type NFC East game today, but again, when you take a step up in competition, um, those kind of flaws could come back and bite you
3: somewhere. Certainly, and hopefully they don't do that uh, sooner rather than later. Right. So, right. see how this season uh, ends out, uh, ends up. Excuse me, uh, Panthers. Right now, I just want to give one more update before we hit a break here. Panthers right now uh, still 10-6 to 6 over the Saints with a uh, minute 53 remaining in the second half, rooting for the Panthers to win that game over the Saints. Saints have the ball right now. They just got the ball off a of punt, so there you go. Uh, we're going to be right back and uh, give you our game balls coming up here in just a second on live post-game show.
7: The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees, donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org.
4: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
9: 1,
3: 2, 3. Because
4: Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
0: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messen & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free, What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
5: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
8: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
1: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits,
2: go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Kinney with you. 49ers have the ball trailing Houston seven to three right now. It's a fourth and one. Houston's 24-yard line. Uh, well, hopefully the 49ers get the conversion here, or they, they get a field goal and they bring it to a one-point game. Uh, Saints right now still trailing uh the Panthers 10 to 6 with under a minute to go in the first half. Eagles look rooting for the Panthers to win as well as uh, as well as the, uh, the 49ers to win. And then, obviously, the Packers take care of business against the Vikings. Uh, real quick question for you guys. Before we hand out our game balls, we've got about five, six minutes left in the show. And welcome in, everyone watching on our YouTube page, Jacob Media YouTube channel, as well as 6abc.com. Jalen Hurts had three incompletions 12 days ago <laughs> against this Washington team. Today, he had about 12 incompletions against this Washington team. Uh, what was the more impressive victory by Jalen Hurts? What was the more impressive performance? 12 days ago or today for Jalen Hurts?
6: d you want to go?
3: I'll say um,
4: I'll say the first time these two met. Okay. Um, because he had to rally this team down in his home stadium. They were down 10-0. Um, they took the lead. Washington gets within three in the fourth quarter, and Jalen Hurts leads them down the field to put it away by 10 points. And again, I, you know, I, I overuse the word "poise," uh, but he, he showed a lot of poise in how he handled that drive to, to set to put the final separation between the two. Um, this was this was impressive, but I like that win a little bit more because of the situation, especially mm-hmm. in his own backyard. You know, playing this game on a weekly basis is pressure enough, but when you you're picked to beat a team, especially a team that's decimated by COVID, no quarterbacks. Um, and you're in your own backyard, that puts a little bit more pressure on you. So I thought that that game was
3: a little bit more than this one. Okay, 12 days ago. Devin, which one would you go, last or two weeks ago or the one today?
6: I don't want to spoil my my game ball answer here, but I was going to I, use Jalen Hurts. Um, but I would say today because, you know, we know his ankle isn't 100% and we know he told Sirianni, look, call whatever you got to call. I'm willing to do and put myself, my mental and physical health on the line to get this win. He knew how important it was um so i am gonna go with and you know they're not as des- the washington football team wasn't as decimated by covid today mm-hmm. so uh i think he got to go with with his performance today plus he was his throws were pretty good today mm-hmm. uh we saw him make some the second touchdown i think it was to boston scott when he scrambled and somehow made that pass like he just oh, did toss, some pretty yeah. incredible yeah. things today yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um so i'm gonna go with today
3: you're gonna go with. I agree with today as well, simply because Taylor Heineke was playing. It was a better, better offense that they were facing, so he <laughs> almost felt like he had to do more. And yeah, it being on the road. And look, he had to survive a guardrail just to get out of here officially with the win. So that was go. gonna
6: be my last point ah! of my game ball. You just took it from ah! me. ruined it. It's okay. I'll think of someone else on the fly. But yeah, no, how do on, you no, not go. give the game ball to someone who survives a guardrail and fans <laughs> falling on you? I mean, come on. <laughs> All right,
3: David, go ahead. I'll take. No, please take it. Take take Jalen Hurts because I'm not taking Jalen Hurts. Who do you have?
6: All right, so Jalen Hurts has to get the game ball because he played incredibly, once again, showed his mental toughness. Uh, Not only did the Washington football team try to defeat him on the field, their actual stadium tried to defeat Jalen Hurts (laughs) even after the Eagles won. I don't know how you don't give it to him, but because we've been talking about him this whole segment, um, my second game ball, I suppose, would go to Boston Scott because he really stepped up today.
3: Boston Scott is a phenomenal one. Gunner, you want the next game ball? Yeah, I'll give it to Josh Sweat. I
4: thought Josh Sweat had a great game today. Ah! Um, this team, this team wasn't getting home early on. They made the adjustment, or according to Josh Sweat, they just did their jobs better. Josh Sweat had a couple of quarterback sacks. Uh, he had a he had a deflected pass and a, a potential screen pass play there as well. And I thought this was one of his better games overall. And he he gave this defense and his team what it needed at crucial points in the game. So I'm going to say Josh Sweat, if for nothing more. Because I stole Mark's thunder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, here you go. All right, so essentially we've, we've complimented and given game balls really to three people. All right? you though we only had two people go, we've given it away to three people. And I'm really tempted to give it to Jonathan Gannon just for the hell of it to be a troll. Oh, but no. I'm not because guess what? I'm above that. So I'm going to give it to the guy that sealed the deal for the Eagles today with Boston Scott, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Sweat off the board. Rodney McLeod sealed the victory for the Eagles today in land over Maryland beating the Washington football team to get that interception to close things out. Even though you know, at the end of that game, we're all looking at it going, <laughs> 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 they're going to, they're going to win this game. Right. And then Rodney McLeod sealed the deal. So Rodney McLeod gets my game ball. And then um, if I could take a couple game balls away, maybe even a football team away from Dan Snyder, I'd do that as well because <laughs> this stadiums falling apart. Anyway. Uh, I
6: that.
3: There we go. Totally. So that's what we're all here for. That's what we're all yeah. here for. Hey guys. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Same to you, guys. Happy Happy New New Year. Happy New Year.
6: Wait, can I just say, Deegan, I'm sad you didn't do the whole, like, break off the crown and spread it around to everyone for today's game ball. I still haven't gotten that clip, by the way. I think they're withholding it from me because they don't want me to, like, slander you on Twitter. But, um, (laughs) you know, I'm disappointed. I wanted another moment.
4: You'll never see it. Never, (laughs) ever, never, ever. Mm. ever 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 Wait, ever
6: if you're watching this our producer uh, i do i need yeah. that clip
4: so. xander we'll still, you know we'll we go way back you know the deal <laughs> don't do it xander i got people watching you
6: he'll do it don't worry but yeah happy new year's guys
3: same to you guys <laughs> i need one more ever forever forever ever 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 ever, 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 ever. I'm sorry, Ms. Deva, Deva. Ooh, I am. Anyway, so uh, Devin wanted me to sing, so I sang. Uh, everyone, yeah. thanks for watching on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. We'll be back with you guys following Eagles, hopefully beating the brakes off the Dallas Cowboys next week after their, um, what did we say, hopefully not flex to a Sunday night game because oh, that, no. that oh, last dude. week of the season, oh, anything can happen, beard. baby. So we'll see what happens. But thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking in the show, everybody. Much appreciated. For Devin Caney, for Derek Gunn, Xander Krause, who produced the show, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and 6abc.com. We are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your summer of 2022 weekend at Ocean Casino. Book it now. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. It will be a spectacular summer of 2022 at Ocean Casino Resort. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you next week.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go
2: for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
8: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip Smooth? Will you stop doing... That?
5: I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
8: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
1: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for
2: the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
0: The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local98.